Welcome to Larpenter Life, the podcast about HP St. Paul in the 80s and 90s. I'm your host, Dave Carey. It wasn't just one person on his bike, it was three, you know, ladies on his bike over to the state fair. Doug Kaywood, Devil Dog, dared me to order a station wagon. Well, you guys were all loud back then. I mean, you're younger and loud and wild and crazy. I mean. This is episode 13, and my guest today is Vicki Behrens, who was previously Vicki Nally. Vicki still works for HBE, and in the course of her career, she spent a quarter century delivering consulting full-time, on-site, every day. If you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at larpenderlife at gmail.com. And now here's my discussion with Vicki. Well, welcome everyone. I'm Dave Carey and my guest for today is Vicki Behrens, who when I met you, Vicki, you were Vicki Nally. So people might know you as that. Thanks for joining me and welcome to Larpenter Life. Good morning, Dave. Nice to be here. So I always like to start out by asking people how and when, what year did you first get connected with HP and how did that happen? I got connected with HPE in 1983. I came in as a part-time person. I was still going to school at St. Thomas and Greg Ludisher and Greg Kotis hired me. I went through a number of different interviews. So I first went through Sophie and Rod Petras. And then I think I was handed off to Mike Hayes and Greg Kotis and Greg Ludisher. But I think I had four interviews and it was, it was like, really hard for me just to come in as an intern. <laughs> yeah. But it as was a part-time person. As a part-time person as an intern. But it was a paid internship and I came in part-time. And what did you do right away? I did a lot of ad hoc reporting and programming for them. So I had of course COBOL and Fortran skills. And so I came in and programmed and did some ad hoc reporting on the contracts database and our sales database and services and supply chain and parts and stuff like that. So you then became a permanent employee and I think you worked for Greg Ludisher, right? Is that right? I did work for Greg Ludisher, which was just a treat and it was a lot of fun. I mean, he was fun in many ways. And he helped me grow my career and helped me with a lot of things. They, bro- they broke the mold with Greg, that's for sure. They did. And I so dearly, you know, thought he was the greatest person throughout my whole career at HPE. He was uh, friendly to everyone and he always liked to have a good time. I imagine you might have a Greg Ludisher story or two. I do. He had a, uh, he had a great motorcycle, right, that he liked to show off and ride all the time. So he would ride it, I think, on Fridays to the office, right? And during the state fair, a couple times, he would give us a ride over to the state fair. And it wasn't just one person on his bike. It was three, you know, ladies on his bike over to the state fair, which was kind of fun. (laughs) 
So I'm thinking Katie and Colleen might remember that. And then also people used to play tricks on him with his motorcycle. I know Bruce Van Sloan put oil under his bike a number of times. Oh, no. <laughs> he would uh, have a fit about oil being spilt under his bike, thinking that it was, you know, something was wrong with his bike. And then I imagine, um, I mean, I, I don't remember... Greg, I don't think I remember even one time when he didn't sort of have a smile on his face and was in a good mood. I mean, did that, that must have set the tone for the way you looked at coming to work. Oh, it was a blast. I mean, there was no day that was the same. And he was very loud and very boisterous. And I know Greg Kodas tried to tame him down, um, but was unsuccessful a number of times. <laughs> but yes, he was. He was fun to work with, a very genuine, intelligent man. Truly miss him. Is it still the same or is it different now? I mean, one of the things that I remember about that time is that individual characters and individual personalities really came out. And, you know, that's one of the things that's always fun in this podcast is to talk about the Greg Ludishers and Joe Ziegler's and, you know, on and on and on with people who are just larger than life figures in all kinds of different ways. Um, do you think that that was something that was a thing of the past or is it still the same way uh, in the company now? Well, I think back then we were younger and we had more fun, right? Because we were younger and we were adventurous, right? Um, as we grew older, I think, yeah, we changed a little bit. But yes, there's there's great people in the company that have strong views and still have passion and are fun to be with, right? Yeah. That's what I thought at the time that I left. I assume once I left, all the fun went out of the company, um, I, I assume, right? Well, you know, we just had to find different fun. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I know you worked um, in a lot of sort of, I don't know what the right word is, sort of back office type of activities. You worked in the the back room on open mail and, and some other things in the parts room. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so under Greg, he did the whole supply chain, right, and parts, and he put all, so we did have to do manual inventories of all those parts, and yes, it was tedious because it was a lot of parts, and then also we created these kits, right, that um, had you know, a, a whole bunch of hardware components in it that would fix a huge computer, so yeah, we changed kits a lot, and we updated kits a lot, and we had to inventory lots of hardware and return lots of hardware and update lots of firmware. So, yeah, it was continuous. And then, um, yeah, I went into more of an ad hoc reporting and programming role for a little while. And then I got hired into the sales organization as an SE, right, under you were my mentor. And, uh, yeah. I remember that, yeah. That was quite a change, Vicki. I mean, you know, to go from a role that's primarily, I mean, think about it. You I mean, you started as an intern and then you were primarily in the office role and then to go to a customer facing role, that's a, a major accomplishment and a major step for you. Was that, was that a challenging transition that you made? Oh, yeah. And, I, and actually, I think you know it, right? So, you know, going through learning how to present to customers and present with pe and present to um, management and look at 
everything as a sales opportunity versus, you know, internal, you know, politics. Uh, yeah, it was quite a different swing for me. And if you remember, I did that open mail for all of the SEs, right, for a long time. Well, yeah. And that's what gave me my first consulting opportunity out at Cargill. And that's where I was consulting for almost 10 years is at Cargill working with their open mail on AIX and HP UX. And that was that was so much fun being on site uh, with a customer implementing and taking taking care of their mail system. So um, so then you made another transition. I know because uh, I had to make some some of these same decisions that you know back then if you think about the SE role, we we did we did pre-sales. We also did support, what is now traditionally support, like software support was all part of the SE role initially. Mm-hmm. And then consulting was added to that, um, both sales of consulting and delivery. And I know you and I both did all of that for a while. And eventually that kind of you know split into multiple organizations and, and you made a transition into the support organization. Um, do you think that was a good choice for you? Well, I think it was an excellent choice for me. So I was actually on site at Cargill at the time. And yes, we had to make the decision. Are you going to be a sales, pre-sales solution architect? Or are you going to go into services and be an account support manager? And um, I was consulting under a contract at Cargill. So since it was under a contract, they you know, the right decision was to move over to services. Sure. And I I don't regret it at all because from there, um, I went to Best Buy and I was at Best Buy for 15 years on site, you know, consulting and being, being a lead for, you know, delivery at Best Buy, which was a long, fun ride. I certainly remember that transitions too because uh, I sort of had a, a little bit to talk you into it at the very beginning. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, I, John Aiken and I were heavily involved in in the initial foray into Best Buy. And one of the things was going to be, well, you need somebody on site. And I said, well, we know somebody who's been on site for a long time coming off a project. Maybe that'll work. But tell me what it's like. I mean, you're one of the few people who, you know, and I'm not sure if all the listeners realize this, but when you say on site, you mean like pretty much full time you were you that was the office you went to you went to Cargill for you know every day every day for 10 years and you went best buy every day you had an office there you had a badge you're just they they thought of you almost like an employee there um how do you think i mean a lot of people couldn't handle that um, you know, uh, you know, you're you're sort of on, if you will. You have to be on all the time. Um, you know, what was that experience like, and do you think it affected your relationship with HP and other people and 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 your job? Well, yeah. I mean, I never got um, a taste for the internals of HPE until I really became offsite. Um, and was, you know, with HPE and going to their offices, right? So I, you know, being on site all the time, I was engaged with the customer and the customer's politics, which I tried to stay away from. And I, 
it was more um, engaging with them and what their issues were and what their needs were and what their business outcomes needed to be. And I know, you know, Kelly and I fought for the customers a lot, you know, for the customer a lot by being on site. I mean, you really, you really are their trusted advisor and you really are their advocate into HPE. And yeah, I didn't, I wasn't really, in, I never really got in, in touch with the internals of HPE until I, until I actually became the account, an account delivery manager. It takes a certain personality to be able to do that. I, I was three years on site with you, you know, at, at Cargill mm-hmm. and, um, and at the end of, by the end of that, I, I couldn't do that. I needed to have, I'll, I needed to see a whole bunch of other customers and, and bounce oh. around to different things. And that just was, was my personality. And I was always very impressed with the way you were able to, to do that. I do remember back to a few stories about um, our time when we were both in the same district. I think we were working for Roger Home, and we mm. had... Uh, a district meeting. It was about consulting, and it was gonna. We're gonna hold the district meeting. It's an internal meeting. This this is tell you a little bit about how times have changed. But we held that meeting in Colorado at one of the ski resorts. I think it might have been Copper or something. Anyway, um, you know, because of course, if we have a meeting full of all people working in St. Paul, we have to have that meeting in Colorado, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I remember that you. You and I and Walt Silva, Kevin Dumay, and Greg Newcomb, we all went out uh, a few days earlier and we rented a cabin in Estes Park to do some hiking. And so once again, it's you and four guys mm-hmm. and uh, you had your own bedroom and the rest of us each you know, shared. And I remember for some reason, I hope Kevin Dumay is listening to this, for some reason, Kevin DeMay wakes up, it's two, two at night, two in the morning, he, it's pitch black. He wakes up and he decides, oh, it would be really fun to just scream at the top of his lungs, bloody murder. And of course, the rest of us guys wake up. You didn't, not, you didn't even come out of your room, you know, and, and you know, what, what are you doing, Kevin? He's just laughing, you know, and we eventually all get settled down back, back to sleep. And the next morning, I'm like, you know. Vicky, did you hear us last night? And you're like, yeah, sure. You're all just a bunch of animals. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys were all loud back then. I mean, you're younger and loud and wild and crazy. I mean, hello, Kevin Dumais. Was he ever not laughing and having fun? Yeah. So I remember that very fondly, that that trip. I don't remember anything at all about the district meeting. <laughs> Me neither. Right. It was fun. But those types of things, uh, you know, almost everybody has some sort of story like that. That is, it's not really about work. It's just about something that we did, you know, sort of related to work, but, you know, something sort of extracurricular. And that's how you got to know people and really trust people. And mm-hmm. that carried over into your work life. And it, it did for years, you know, so that, that was a lot of fun. And it didn't stop there. I remember actually... When we split off into services and sales, uh, we did still have services meetings out in Denver in that area because we actually joined that that Denver area district. So uh-huh. we were under one district for a while. And yeah, we had all of our meetings in Colorado. So we took a number of trips out there 
and I know Greg, Greg Fields can remember going down the mountain skiing and, and Brian Voss and some other people. Um, we all went out skiing and had, had fun prior as well. So it didn't stop with that one, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And, you know, even though, um, even though you were, you spent way more time with those customers you were dedicated to than you did with HP employees. I mean, you know, decades, you, you never left the company and just joined those companies. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you had plenty of opportunity to do that, but you never did. You, you always stuck with, with HP. And so, you know, but you got a very good, uh, viewpoint at which to compare HP with other other big companies, you know. So, what's your what kept you at HP all that time? What was it about HP? Well, I really liked my company car, and I also really liked my managers. Right, there, mm-hmm. I had really good managers. I had John Stemack. I mean, who doesn't love him? Yeah, and um, Greg Cotis and John Proctor, and yeah, they were they're all great managers, and they let me kind of do my job and they trusted me that I was doing a great job. And obviously our customers thought we, I was doing a great job. So, you know, they kept me fueled um, with the, you know, with the right raises and the, you know, right attitude and, you know, giving me my, the freedom of being able to do what's right for the customer and advocating for the customer. So, yeah. It, you know, that really sounds like the HP philosophy for managing in in a in a nutshell, you just sort of trust that you trust your employees, that you give them enough freedom, you try to support them, and you you let them you let them do their job. And you know, exactly not, not the way it is at every place. I know, you know, some of the places that you and I have seen together uh, have not been that way. So um, to their employees, so. Yeah, it makes sense. You mentioned company cars, that, and um, I know you've had a couple of uh, experiences with ordering co- company cars. Do you want to talk about those? Well, I've had um, a couple of cars that I probably didn't want. Um, one was because Doug Kaywood, Devil Dog, dared me to order a station wagon because I actually opened up my mouth and said, I can order whatever car I want. And he's like, Really? And he's like, well, I double dog dare you to order a station wagon. So I did. And of course it went through and I got a station wagon for a whole year. And my family was like, what is this? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Why are you driving a station wagon when you're a single 20 year old woman? Right. Well, Doug is, Doug is pretty good at that double dog dare. And somehow, you know, he's managed to make a few people do things they really didn't want to do. So I'm sure you're not alone. (laughs) Right. And then I did order a car right before I went from Cargill over to Best Buy. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was actually pregnant and I ordered this low little coupe. I can't even remember the kind of car it was, but of course it was a Ford. But it was low, and I, after, you know, eight months, had a hard time getting in and out of it. And I actually came in and wanted to return that car. And someone stepped up and actually traded cars with me, which was which was really nice. But, yeah, those two cars were not my favorite. <laughs> Have you ever thought about how many different cars you've had over the course of your career? It's it's a bundle. I know it is, isn't it? It's, not, it's, it's a great benefit. It is. I actually tried to add up 
the value of that. You know, when I retired, I tried to think, okay, how many cars was that? And, you know, think about all that gas and having the convenience of the stuff at the office when we had all that, you know, not just gas, but, you know, all the maintenance and washes and not even to have to think about it. I tried to put a dollar amount on it. I just couldn't do it. It was really too hard to figure out. So, well, but you would try to do that, yeah. right? I mean, come on. <laughs> those, those spreadsheets and research that you do for everything. <laughs> to this day, Dave, if I need to buy something, I still call you up and you help me out picking out what's the best, what's the best refrigerator or the best whatever. Well, you know, you got to be known for something, I guess. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vicki, um, let us know what you're you're up to personally these days, what's going on in your life and um, in, in your personal life a little bit and where are you located these days and, and, um, and how are things going? I am still in Prior Lake. I recently sold the house that I bought um, about 10 years ago. So I recently sold that in November. It was a house that was 20 years old. I totally loved it. And my daughter and I had a hard time saying goodbye to it. But uh, I decided it was time to stop being, you know, glued to a house and doing all these projects and maintenance all the time. So I moved back into a townhouse and it's still in Prior Lake and it's a brand new townhouse. So everything's brand new and it's nice. And I have this wonderful little dog, ZZ, who um, I recently uh, got because my previous dog passed away. Um, and my daughter is, in, she's going to the University of Wisconsin. She's a badger and she went there. I was stuck in her dorm room. So we brought her back. Um, last semester, and she was home doing her schoolwork from home here. Uh, and you know, she's a biology major, so that was you know having chemistry and and bi biology and all that online was quite hard for her. And they're going to go back to school this fall, so she's outside. She's going to rent a house with six girls, um, you know, outside campus, and and, and start school again. So. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Vicki. It's been great talking to you. And uh, I'm really looking forward to when we can we can all get together. It, we're getting closer and closer, I think, to uh, being able to get one of our little reunions going. Um, and I'm confident by the time we get to, uh, you know, the, the week before Thanksgiving, like we usually do, well, we'll get a good party going. That'll be great. Yeah, and I still am going to hold you to going down to a Badgers game, right, this fall? Absolutely. I'm, I'm there. All right. All right. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Barpenter Life is produced solely by me, Dave Carey. It's not affiliated or sponsored by HP in any way. Please let me know what you think of Larpenter Life. And also, I really would love to have you as a guest. So please send me an email at larpenderlife at gmail.com. Until next time, take care, everybody.